salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Unfiltered, Uncensored, and Unapologetically Black podcast show, Speak to the Mic. I am your illustrious host, Marlon Joseph, and you all know the drill. Here, you know, here on this show, we like to do three things. We like to, one, provide helpful and useful content to the Black community. Two, we like to talk to Black men and women of all professions in all industries and entities regarding their professions and how they got started with it. And three, acknowledge those Black men and women of all professions who are using their professions, platforms, and positions of power to help move the culture forward in a more positive light, in a positive direction. Uh, here joining me today is a very good friend of mine, fellow Russ Stite. Shout out to Russ College, because we, we produce a lot of great people at our HBCU, and I've had mm -hmm. several of them on this show already, including uh, two of my former professors at Russ. Uh, Dr. Nakisha Watts, who is a life coach, uh, here to talk to me about the different things that we can be doing as it pertains to helping us from an emotional and psychological standpoint. Uh, Nakisha, thank you so much for taking the time out to uh, be on this show and uh, talk to me about these things. And before we get started, uh, for all my listeners, make sure you all like, share, subscribe to my YouTube page. Make sure you check me out on Spotify and all other podcast platforms that you can find this podcast show on. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are on previous episodes as it pertains to uh, previous content that I've put out. Let me know what, what, what you think and give me your constructive criticism as it pertains to what I need to be doing more of and, and what I can be doing less of too in that regard. So appreciate your support and your uh, feedback as a place of this show. Now, uh, Akisha, um, we live in some very uncertain times and very mm -hmm. troublesome times with obviously the pandemic still running rapid, but not as rapid as it once did, you know, uh, for the last two years. Uh, people have faced uh, financial hardship, emotional hardship, um, uh, just domestic hardship in general. Um, mm -hmm. What can you say as a life coach, first and foremost, how did you even get started with even the idea of becoming a life coach. So let me say, I'm just excited first to be here. Um, I, I commend what you're doing. Um, I'm not surprised because again, you are arrested and by their future, you shall know them. So we know <laughs> that the fruit should, should, should see and the world to see. But let me tell you, I started uh, life coaching because just like everybody else trying to figure out, um, figuring out what I need to do, what I can do. And somewhere, somehow, somebody, and I don't know if it was my mother or my great grandmother or somebody told me that I had to be everything and be everything at the same time. And I had to be good at it. Absolutely. <laughs> right? I had to be good at it. I had to be the wife, the mother, uh, the friend, uh, good in my career, doing all of that. And, and I drowned in trying to do it all and trying to be an expert in it, in it all, mainly because we watched our parents. We watched my mother do it all. But as I got older, I finally saw and I had a conversation with my mother because I was like, how did you do it? Like, I'm, I'm working all day. I'm trying to get the kids ready. I'm trying to clean my house. Not clean. Like, I'm trying to do all of this. And she said to me, it looked like I did well but I didn't. You didn't see me, you know, in the bedroom crying and seeing how I'm going to figure it out. You didn't see that. And so that sparked a light bulb for me. That yeah. sparked something in me to say, look, tell these women, you ain't got to hide your flaws. You ain't, you can't clean and, and, and work all day. Like you can't no. clean and come home and cook every day. And I wanted to be the example to say, sis, 
Look, life happens. And if you can't do it all, hire somebody to do it. If you can't do it all, you know, you do what works for your household, what works for you and do that well. But you can't be the jacks of all trades. And that's what made me start being a life coach today. Wow. I mean, that, that's amazing to even say that because we oftentimes, especially as millennials, we, mm-hmm. we oftentimes face with so many different adversities when it comes to trying to balance out our work life mm-hmm. with our with our marriage and family life and things like that, too. So I share that sentiment with you in regards to juggling so many different things and trying to become a master of everything. When, yep. in, in all honesty, you, you become a master of none because if, if you specialize in every single thing, then you specialize in nothing. <laughs> And so having to juggle multiple things at a time, and then especially given the fact that this pandemic has disproportionately affected us in so many ways, Mm -hmm. some of those things were taken from us, you know, inadvertently. So it was like we had to redirect our attention to other avenues of things that we Mm -hmm. had to do that that were necessities to our household. When it came to parenting, when it came to you know, spousal, uh, uh, just uh, overall interaction, when it came to our work, if people were not laid off and, and not furloughed mm-hmm. from their jobs, and obviously they were given an even bigger workload to have to balance yeah. out, and which took away from their their balance of family time and even took away their me time too. And so, mm-hmm. thinking about that from that perspective, I feel like, and this is what I want your opinion on, in regards okay. to how we deal with these things on an everyday basis. What are some of the advices you've been giving people as a life coach when it comes to juggling you know, a multitude of things in one area? One thing I tell people, stop focus on, focusing on what you're not good at. Yeah. And just do the things that you're good at. You know, we, at some reason, we try to uh, perfect those flaws that we have. Listen, we all got flaws. Yeah. Don't try to perfect, don't try to perfect those flaws. Just do the thing that you are good at, the talents that you are in. If you were never, if you didn't have a parent who uh, showed you how to be a parent or was an example, you don't know how to do it. So you're trying to learn uh, your way of parenting. It may not be the same way that someone else has. So my advice to them is, you know, focus on the things that you're good at and get those resources that are provided to help you on the things that you're not so good at. Absolutely. And so when people focus on those kind of things, you you show up well when you uh, are in the things that you do well. When you at your lane, <laughs> you know, it's going to look like it. It's going to yeah, look like you're not true. in your lane. Yeah, yeah and it's going to show up. So tend to the things that you're good at and know the people who are around you. Uh, my husband is good, you know, as being a, a father and interacting with the kids. I'm t- I don't like the exercise. He's athletic. He's athletic. So <laughs> I let him do those kind of things. But yeah. I know my place. I know what I'm good at. And so we need to recognize what we're good at and work in those things and pull those resources to uh, or outsource those things that we're not so good at. And you know what? And another point that you just brought up too that I think mm-hmm. is very pivotal, especially in our in our community, right? So most of us who are fortunate enough to have spouses to help balance things out at home can obviously mm-hmm. we can we can lend those you know, those type of things to them, or they can give us mm-hmm. things that we're better at than they are too. So, and, and I know for me personally, me and my wife, we pretty much we try to be consistent with balancing things out, but oftentimes we still find some, mm-hmm. some discouraging moments in that too. And then we have to like go back to the drawing board and see, okay, how, how do we revise another plan to execute this in a more successful way? And so, but for you to bring that up, I know it's, it's, it's 
the hard times that we're dealing with today is, is hard enough on one person, right? Mm -hmm. To have another person there to support you, to have that strong supporting system, it, it does help make things a lot easier. But for the people who don't have those spouses or significant others in their lives, what would you say would, would be the advice to them when they happen to be a single mom or a single father juggling these types of things and then still trying to find time for themselves? Because mm. in the midst of everything, the number one law of nature is self-preservation. If you can't take mm -hmm. care of yourself, how in the hell are you going to take care of anybody else, whether it be a spouse, significant other, family, friend, ch child, anything? How are you able to navigate through life's uncertainties by yourself? And so for you, I want to ask you this question. How, mm -hmm. how, what, what advice are you giving or will give to those who are single and, and having to juggle so many things at once? So I, one thing I try to tell individuals is, first of all, you need to tune in with yourself. Know what you like, know what you love. You know, even when we're trying to find a mate, we can't tell them uh, what we like because we don't know what we like, right? And so we need to know, <laughs> we need to know exactly uh, what we like and what we need. Yep. as an individual and so if you don't know what you need how do you how would you get the help that you need it may not come from a spouse it may not come from a significant other but what do you need uh, what resources are out there that you can pull or who who is your trusted friend if you got friends and they can't help you out in a situation you need to put them in the garbage throw them to the side <laughs> because they should be your support team they should be your support team absolutely, absolutely. right that should be your support team. If I can't call my friend and say, honey, I ain't got no babysitter today. Look, I, I need to do this. My friend should be able to step in or find somebody to step in for me because you're my support team. Don't cheer for me on the outside. I need your help for real, sis. I, I don't want you to be in the crowd clapping for me. I need your help for real. And so looking who are those people in your life that you consider real friends, you consider real family because you may not have a whole team. But you yep. got one or two people, yep. right? You got one or two people. And so identifying who those people are and be real with your sis, yourself. Since you're struggling. Yep. You're it's okay struggling. To not be okay. It's okay to not be it's okay. okay. Yep. It's okay to not to be okay. And stop trying to hide your flaws, what's going on in your life. Listen, I tell, this is what I tell every single one of my uh, a clients. When you accept your flaws, people can't use those flaws against you. Simple as that. You know, if you bring up, I ain't got no money, I already know I ain't got no money. <laughs> right? You can't offend me. You, can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't offend me. So yeah. accept what you don't have, accept what you cannot do. And then you tell those people who you truly need yeah. that this is what I need help with. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. You know what? I will say this too, to push people and motivate them more mm -hmm. to want to, those things that you are without work to gain. Just because yeah. you're without right now don't mean it has to stay that way. If, if you are mm -hmm. in financial hardship, find ways and avenues to get out of that, right? So obviously it's easier said than done. I don't come from money. Right. Not, not, a lot of us in the black community don't come from money. I would say 95% of us, if probably more than that, don't come from money. But see, it's right. the mindset that you have that's going to help fully determine whether or not you're going to get out of this. You're either going to let it defeat you or you're going to defeat it. Mm -hmm. You can't do both. And so a lot of times when we face with these different adversities in our lives, we tend to sit here and soak in it and dwell on, okay, well, we don't have what we don't have. Okay, you know what you don't have. Now, what's right. now what is the plan to not, not have it anymore? 
that that that's the ultimate thing to that, right? So yeah. If, if you understand yeah. it, if you don't, if you already know you don't have it. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's start devising a plan to get it, and not just get it, but sustain it and keep it, because getting right. something and keeping something are two different things. And so, it's two different things. Yeah. That's so correct. Yeah. And just listening to you, I have to say this: because you have the voice and the energy of a public speaker. You, you sound like you, you're even delivering a sermon right now. And it, you're about to bring me to tears how you're just breaking this down like this. But but it's the thing, though, and the one thing I do appreciate and love about us as Black people is that we can be direct with each other. We don't have to keep sugarcoating things and and, 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 and giving people slaps on wrists. We have to be direct when it comes to, okay, you know what? Listen, I'm not okay. And mm-hmm. that's okay because everybody don't always have it together. We're not going to always have it together. We, we're going exactly. to have those times where, where some times are harder than others. And then we're going to mm-hmm. have times where it's it's not so bad. Now, it, it's, it's, we can be able to get past this once we understand mm-hmm. what that it is. And so, right. me, I, and I oftentimes say this on, on, the, on this show, is that if we collectively, like you said, the, the whole friend mm-hmm. aspect, which is very pivotal and very it's a very essential to our growth as an individual. If you have those friends around you to help you grow in areas that you're lacking in, then that, then that makes for a better friend. I can't call you my friend, my brother, or my sister if you're not even doing anything, let alone the bare minimum to help me gain right. that you see me lacking in. You see exactly. me lacking in this area and you're not helping me. The, the, the number one type of person that I hate in this world is a mm-hmm. damn enabler. I hate enabler. Right. Because you're basically telling the person who's doing wrong it's that they're okay. right about doing wrong. Yeah, it is what it is. That's just how they are. See, you're you're enabling them. You're helping them stay in that rut. You're saying yeah. that that's how they always been. Now, ultimately, it is their decision to get out of it, but mm-hmm. it's still part of your responsibility as their friend or loved one to help them. And my grandfather used to tell me this. He said, 10 percent of what happens to you." It's, it's my responsibility. Now, mm-hmm. if I give you information that you need to know and you don't apply it, I've done my part. But if I yeah. have information that you don't have that you need to know and I don't give it to you, then I'm doing you a disservice. I'm doing you, I'm, I'm doing you yeah. a, a, a huge disservice not providing that information to you. And so- Right, I agree. Yeah. I agree, Ma. And what, what bothers me with the Black culture is we hold in secrets. We hold in uh, those things that we should carry along to our, our generation to generation. We don't show our, our children what a struggle look like. Absolutely. You know, back in the day, they will show we don't have it. We knew we didn't have it, but I'm going to I'm gonna polish it up and make sure it looks like it looks good. No, we need to put our children to these tables and say, this is how mama pay bills. This is how we do this. So we are, our children don't walk into the world uh, naive, not Very knowing cool. what's going on. You know, we have to easily share. And that's what, that's truly, you know, we, we were born to say, or we're brought up to say, what happens in this house stays in this house. Yeah. That's a saying that we all say, but it is our responsibility to lead those who are behind us, people we are connected to, people we talk to. I, my prayer is always on, on my job or wherever. I say, God, if you uh, bring somebody before me, allow me or open the door that I can give them something that they need, whether it's a word, whether it's whatever, you know, we have to understand. And that's what a life coach does. That's why people, people think of a life coach as a therapy or a counselor. That's not what that is. 
Yeah. You know, those people are licensed to talk about your past and talk about uh, what you what happened in your past that traumatized you to do what you're doing now. A life coach simply deals with the present and how to push you forward to move or go to that desired level that you want. And they are your accountability partner. They're going to tell you, see, you, you, you're making excuses. You're procrastinating. What's going on? You know, if this is what you said you want to do, then let's do it. And what's so crazy is everybody should have a life coach. I got a life coach. Yeah. I, I have a life coach because I get in my own head. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Oh, they're not ready for this. No, I have a life coach. And one thing she told me, she said, if you didn't come from a family of will, you should create a family of will, right? that's what you have to do. It's all about the mindset. Come on, you have to uh, grow above what you see. And the only way you do that, you got to spread your wings. Absolutely. You got to spread your wings and experience things. And look, and I don't care. And I'm not talking about you got to have enough money to go to a certain place. (laughs) Listen, we have the internet. Let let me say that right now. Listen, the reason why, (laughs) let let me get a look deep. Yeah, let me get a little deep. The reason why we didn't know we were no longer slaves is because the information got to us too late in Texas, right? That's not an excuse anymore. It's not not an excuse. The the resources is at your fingertip. If you want to know how Dubai looks, look it up. And when you look it up, you can say, oh, I want to go there. Don't be afraid. We think, oh, and I'm I'm going too deep. So you just- No, 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 listen, listen. Let it out. This is why we speaking to the mic, Keisha. That's what we're doing here. No, no. Speak, talk, talk, talk your talk, sis. Talk yeah. Your talk. yeah. I just want people to know that you can no longer say money is keeping you from where you want to be. What's your desired level? You cannot do that. It's the change of your mindset. That's all it is about. And if you want more, you got to look for more. I don't care if you don't have enough money to go into the Gucci store, Louis Vuitton store, that don't stop you from going in there. How can you know you desire it if you don't know what it looks like? How can you say you want a Porsche and you don't know how much it costs? Since you got to be working to get that amount. So we have to experience things that we are not, not the norm for us, but I know about. And that opens opportunity for us to say we want more. We don't know we need more until we see more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? And you said a whole mouthful right there. And that, <laughs> that speaks volumes to the very premise of this show because if mm-hmm. If we're not able to hold ourselves accountable and, and be able to say, hey, listen, this information is out there for you, you, get, you have to go out there and get it. My uncle used to tell me that knowledge is not power, but applied knowledge is. Mm, so if, yeah. if you know something and you don't apply it, how the hell can you say you know it? You haven't right. even applied it yet. So you're basically hindering yourself from even applying that very knowledge that could help benefit you, benefit you in the long and short run. And so uh-huh. we, we deprive ourselves too much out of fear a lot of times because we, again, social media has played a, a huge part in this. And I know for you as a yep. life coach, social media has obviously been brought up to you a number of times mm-hmm. from, from your clients. So for you, what, what, what is your advice for those who are looking at social media and saying, well, I see this and I think I should be able to do this too. And it's like, well, we have this microwavable mindset where we think things are going to be so damn instantaneous that we, we oftentimes judge in the work on the stage, but not the work that's being done behind the damn curtains. You don't know yeah. what someone's work or someone's struggle was to get to this mm-hmm. place. All you see is the finished product. 
You don't see right. anything else that this person has done or hasn't done to even gotten them to this place. What they had to sacrifice because truth be told, success comes with a price. Mm -hmm. Whether you're willing to pay that price is, is clearly up to you. So for you, what would you say, um, how much of a factor that social media plays when it comes to your clients coming to you about discouraging things they're going through as it pertains to their self-confidence? Mm -hmm. So one thing I always tell my clients is the life that you see on Facebook is the actual life that I live. It's not a presentation. It's not a performance. It's just right. exactly who I am. So I don't have to uh, not show something or not do something. Of course, your life, it should be a private part, right? It should be somewhere that don't nobody know but the people you are in it. But what you what you present to social media should also be at the core of who you are. So you got to know who you are, right? And, and I hate, and I try to tell people, I don't try to push no religion or anything on you, but whoever that you serve, whatever is your greater power, whatever you think it is, you need to get in tune with it because that, that uh, religion or that person or whoever you look towards to give you that information will tell you exactly who you are. Absolutely. and confirm to you who you are. So you don't have to do a, a, a presentation. And we always try to explain ourselves on social media. I tell my clients all the time, put it, just put the, just put the laptop down, honey. What, what are you explaining to people who don't even know you? They don't even know who you are. They don't know if you're telling the truth or are you lying. And who's going to validate that what you said was right? Can't nobody do that but you. So we're trying to display something um, and show people something and get confirmation. That lets me know when, when my people, uh, in, when I'm in session and they tell me, uh, I got a friend, she don't even like, you know, she don't even hit like, I got all these pictures and she don't even hit like, and I said, oh, you pay attention to this. Wow. So that lets me know that, that your, your, your whole mindset is getting uh, confirmation or validation from people outside people. Which means to let me know that you need some work done, sis. That, that you got to do some it's inner things. Internal. It's all internal. Yeah. This is some inner things. Because half the time, I don't know who liked my page. Who liked my pictures. I, I'm not going down the list <laughs> seeing yeah. who all like. That let me know there are some bigger issues. So social media was used to have a conversation with people, to interact with people, to be sociable. And it is the biggest thing with entrepreneurs because that's how we get on a bigger platform to talk to people. But we have to know what we dish out is so important. Mm -hmm. And to be prepared to receive the consequences or the backlash on what you put out. If you open the door, people shall walk in. <laughs> you open the door, people don't walk in. I can't put it simple <laughs> to anybody than that. I mean, that that is as, as plain Jane as it goes, mm -hmm. right? So, I, and you you said something very just just profound to me when it comes to mm -hmm. social media. So I, I've seen this meme like, circulating around several times on social media when it says people seeking validation from people who ain't even valid. It, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's a mind over matter situation. People who mind don't matter, and people who matter right. don't mind. And so right. we're, we're sitting here trying to basically get the, the, the we're trying to gain self-confidence or self-esteem mm -hmm. from others when the key, for, the key word in that phrase is self. If you don't right. have the esteem of self, you can't get it from anybody else or anywhere else for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so too many times we, we are looking to get 
uh, X amount of likes based on a lot of misconceptions when it comes to black celebrities, mm -hmm. how many likes they get. And, it, and, and to a point, I do, I do think we are at fault here when it comes to mm -hmm. validating those who are already valid in terms of their status and their, and, and yeah. their bank accounts and, and things like that. Their, their, their tax brackets or whatever, but then the, those mm -hmm. who are there with you in real time, you barely support them. Now. But, but right. you're trying to support someone who, who will never even see that you're supporting them versus a person that's next to you, your friend, your loved one, your colleague, whatever. They're right there looking for your support and we can barely give that to each other. Mm -hmm. right? out, out of envious reasons, mm -hmm. or out of just flat out disregard. It's just like we're sitting here disregarding the very love and, and, and service that we're supposed to be giving to each other and giving mm -hmm. it to people who don't even care or won't even know you from a can of paint when they see you out, out, out in the streets. So it, it's just, it's crazy how that, that works when it comes to social media. Right, and then here's another thing that I'd like to point out is that we're asking for validation from people who not even on the level that we are on. These people don't even understand why you doing what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. They don't even, like they're not even on your level. You're trying to prove, here's the thing. You're trying to prove something to someone who don't even understand. Well, <laughs> they don't, don't even, even care. They probably don't, don't even, even care. care. Yep. Don't even care. And so my thing is, I, and I make this analogy all the time. You know, there are some, there are certain brands of Gucci that you see the label, you see it, right? And everybody and their mama will know, oh, she got on Gucci. But there are some other brands that you got to be a Gucci buyer to know that it's Gucci. Right. So you are, you get what I'm saying? So you have to understand, you gotta understand what you're doing yeah. is sometimes above the people you're trying to prove stuff to. They'll never get it, right? They'll never get it because they not there yet. And why are you trying to explain yourself um, to an audience that just does not have the ability to understand it? That makes no sense. And you know what, I mean, the, the thing that you brought up too about how life coaches deal with the present moment, right? So mm -hmm. in, in this in this very present moment, we're dealing with so many things. I mean, people are starting to go back to work, but some of them still mm -hmm. are lacking it. But but people have gained leverage to, to these companies and say, hey, listen, you want me to come back to work? Uh, this is what I'm expecting. We're going to have to meet halfway here when it comes to negotiating uh, the terms of me coming back as an employee for you making you all this money, right? And then, and then you have to be able to give me some leeway to help balance out my, my work life with my, my my home life, my my family time, my me time for that matter. Yeah. And we're seeing more and more companies starting to realize the, the importance of making sure that their employees are healthy and happy to an extent when it comes to, all right, don't, don't, don't get so overworked, but be mm -hmm. able to still do your work and be productive, but also be productive at home too, right? Be, be able to still maintain that professionalism, but also be able to balance things out at home and uh, take care of your, your, your self-help and your mental and your physical as well as emotional health too. So in the times mm -hmm. that we're living in right now where our social and, and economical as well as emotional health has been compromised to, to so many degrees, um, as a life coach, what has been the most consistent thing that you've come across when it comes to dealing with today's time in this present moment as it pertains to how to get out of this rut or how to deal with these issues right now? So this pandemic 
has uh, really showed a whole lot. And I know, you know, many people who have passed on and, and many people may look at the pandemic and say, this was the worst time ever. But it's just so amazing how uh, God is and how he reveals things, even in a storm, right? Yeah. Uh, this pandemic has pushed people because people didn't have compassion. It, it didn't show as Not much before the pandemic, right? But this pandemic has made even that, that, that knucklehead boss realize that human capital is important. Absolutely, <laughs> right? absolutely. So, yeah, so um, that's why I'm so grateful for because people began to tune in on their mental health to realize those things that were important, that my family is important. If I got sick, these are the people who are going to do me. And there's some things that is not going to... Um, help me you know there's not so important that i need to tune in on these things so i am so happy you know not because of the outcomes or certain things that happened with the pandemic but i'm glad that it happened because it got me back together like i was going <laughs> you yep. know going so much and it was like people dying people yep. dying every day that time that i didn't spend with family and that kind of stuff i need to try to do that now um but what i have figured out is God gave us some time to reflect and let them know the skills and abilities that you had in this pandemic. Yep. And, you know, I hate to go biblical, but the Bible do also tell us uh, your gift will make room for you. And God revealed the gift again, right? So yep. those entrepreneurs, they bum rush this opportunity. Absolutely. They start doing things that they thought that, oh, it's just a hobby. But now it's like, no, I got to go all in now. And so we have to look at those things and find out what our purpose really is and to realize that our talent in this season, our talent is going to make room for us. And if you just walk in that talent, you just walk in that gift, then you don't have to worry about being broke. You don't have to worry about, you know, what's all going to happen because you're doing what you were designed to do. And I tell people all the time, I don't think God just give us these gifts so that we can't prosper. So, not, of course not. You would have, right. You would have so, wasted gifts. Absolutely not. No. Right. Right. So um, this thing is very important that in this pandemic that we find out what we love, what kind of life we wanted to live, because it's possible. He just showed you, I can take everything from you in this pandemic. Yep. You don't have the ability to go outside those doors you have. You don't have the ability that you counted on that job. Some of us lost that job and still survived. Come on, still yep. were able to pay bills. So he said, what's your fear? Yep. I gave you the greatest fear during this pandemic and you still prosper. And so I think if you got nothing else out this pandemic, it's that, uh, the faith is the fear is nothing. Yep. You can do absolutely anything and prosper if you do the things that you need to do. Just do it. Amen to that, sister. Because I, I would tell you this <laughs> much: the, the, this pandemic, like you said, has opened so many doors, and it yeah. it, it was so many silver linings to this pandemic, right? That that made mm -hmm. us, you know, have to stop in real time and sit with ourselves and have to just gather ourselves because most of us are going 90, 100 miles an hour, yep. whatever. And then once we, once everything stopped, we had to just stop right where we were at that yep. moment in time and say, okay, time for reevaluation. It's time for restoration. It's time yep. for a reset. All right. Where mm -hmm. am I versus where I want to be? Right. Right. And, 
And, and I thank God for my grandmother, who God bless my grandmother. So mm -hmm. the most religious woman I have met in my life. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would move the earth for my grandmother. My grandmother used to tell me, she said that uh, sometimes God will take everything away from you just mm -hmm. to show you that you weren't ready for it. He would, he, wow. would, he would bless you, but then take it all away just to show you you weren't yeah. ready. So everything you ask for, remember, you still have to be able to prepare yourself for what you're asking for because yeah. faith works is dead. So obviously you still got to do your work. You still got to right. do your work. You can't just uh -huh. sit there and pray it. Pray about it. You got to be able yeah. to be in preparation for it. You got to prepare mm -hmm. yourself for that. And so one thing my grandmother also used to say, she said that we have to thank God for even our struggles because yeah. when, when we look back on those struggles, things could have been a lot worse. And the, mm -hmm. fact that they, the, the fact that it wasn't worse than what it was, we ought to thank God for that much because yeah. we're able to still prosper and still get out of that situation. May not have been the way we wanted to get out. May not have been mm -hmm. in the time in which we wanted to get out, <laughs> but we got out of it though. And so, and obviously yeah. as human beings, we are impatient by nature, right? We, we want things to happen when we want it to happen. But especially exactly. in the black community, we, we have this, this, this unfortunately, this, this terrible mindset of thinking that, okay, it's gonna happen right away or it ain't gonna happen at all. That's not mm -hmm. how life works. Life is a process. You have to get carried yeah. before you crawl. You gotta crawl before you walk. And if you're, if you're not taking those necessary steps throughout that journey to understand who you are, in the process of that journey, then the destination really ain't gonna matter as much because you're not gonna appreciate where you're destined to be ultimately become. We have to be able to appreciate the journey along the way as well as the destination. The destination mm -hmm. doesn't matter, but the journey matters just as much, if not much more because of what you're learning about self and what yeah. you're learning about other people around you. So mm -hmm. the people around mm -hmm. you obviously help mold and, 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 and it helps mold you and help you understand what's more important in life when it comes to your inner circle of friends and family and things like that too, because not all family members are, are, are treating you like family versus Come on. Have some friends. <laughs> and it's funny because me and a lot of my closer friends, we talk about how we treat each other like family more than some of our own family uh -huh. members. And this pandemic has shown that too, because you've seen a lot yeah. of divisiveness happening throughout this entire ordeal where people who you thought were closer to you wasn't as close until something happened, right? So yeah. the thing about human beings, I always call human humanity out for being full of it because uh -huh. everyone's a nice person until it requires you to be a nice person. Now something right. happened that requires you to bring that niceness <laughs> out of you. And now you're not even doing it now. Now you you showing you are all about self. Whatever you can mm -hmm. benefit from gaining from me, from that that's, that's mm. exactly what, what why you were around me. You were you were looking to benefit something from me, yeah. Which which kept you around me. So once I wasn't any use to you anymore, then you went on to the next person. So Listen. these type of relationships <laughs> were tarnished and broken apart, and rightfully so because again, when you when you cut the grass, the snakes will show. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and, and during this pandemic, we have seen everyone's true color. We have seen humanity's true colors when it comes mm -hmm. to the pandemic. So, with that information, we had to be able to take that and say, all right, what am I going to do with this to make it applicable to my life now? I know this now. Knowing this is half the battle. 
I got to yeah. be able to apply it some kind of way that's going to benefit me and mine and, and help me benefit other people around me too. Because at the end of the day, we're here to be of service to each other. If yeah. we're not doing that, then we are doing a disservice to each other. Exactly. One thing, it's an activity that I do with every one of my clients when we first come on, and it's called the Wheel of Life. And in that wheel, you're going to have family, you're going to have friends, you're going to have health, uh, home, uh, leisure time, all of those things. And I ask my clients to pick a number one through 10 and tell me how satisfied or dissatisfied you are with those. And one thing I find out is, and I tell them all the time, we do this activity because when you get ready to succeed, that, that dissatisfaction is going to pop up. And so some things going to change, right? One thing I am excited about is that it's always a plan. And that's how She Uplifts kind of burst out. I had some trouble with family. You know how you used to uh, being there for everyone? You, they call you at every activity, you at everything you need them to be. And then suddenly we had a disagreement. But it was the best thing that ever happened in my life. Do you hear me? We had a disagreement. And what I found out is that I had to detach myself. Where I was going and where God was taking me, I couldn't have them with me because family was so important to me. I was going to stop doing what I need to do. And so you need to identify those things or those pleasures or those things that are going to keep you from reaching your desired level. There are certain people that you're going to, uh, you know, move because of it, yep. you know, and it's going to distract you. And so you need to be able to recognize that, know who they are. So when they pop up, you already be able to deal with it. And so that's why we do that activity, because if you're lacking here, it's going to show up and it's probably going to stop you from getting to your desired level. So yep. if, a, if a relationship is, is, is tarnished and is no longer where it needs to be, identify what you what, what parts you had in learn from it and keep it moving because if you can't try to mend something that was not meant to be mended it's going to kill you mentally and successfully and you're going to try to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed absolutely and, and, and we mm -hmm. oftentimes we, we oftentimes invest in so many different types of relationships based on yep. the long period of time we've known that person right so mm -hmm. oh, i invested all this time with this person we've been friends 20 years 30 years so i feel like the only reason why I'm, that that's a big reason why i'm hanging on to this it's like well if that person is not reciprocating that very sentiment to you then it's a one-way street from this point on right, right? we have to understand that relationships are supposed to be reciprocal what, what, what you get in what you put out into it right yeah. so if this person is not putting into anything or pouring into this relationship as you are not the, not the same exact ways because everyone is different but as long as they're pouring into this relationship it, it, it essentially makes it authentic the the, yeah. the, the, long, the the amount of time you know somebody don't don't necessarily equate to it being an authentic relationship you know somebody mm -hmm. a long time and not know them at all versus right. someone that you just met maybe a year or two ago and you feel like you just Man, I, we, we're kindred spirits. We we've learned. Yep. We, we 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 think so much alike. We we we're we share so many common grounds here, and it's just like okay, that type of relationship was authentic because the chemistry was there initially. Versus, mm -hmm. it may have been something minute that even brought you two together that had you friends for this long. But then when something right. happened, and, and 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 the chips were down, and you needed them to, to be by your side in support of you, mm -hmm. then it, they weren't so reluctant to even do that much, or even give you that support that you gave them once upon a time in, in their own lives. Then that showed their true colors in in, in in essence, unfortunately, 
But and mm -hmm. we've seen people, not even just friendships, but we've seen relationships and marriages crumbling throughout this pandemic where the divorce rates were skyrocketing through this time. Right. You're, you're having to be stuck in the house with your spouse rather than, now you're <laughs> sitting this, now, now you're bickering and arguing about every single day. I really like this person. Now it's like, <laughs> why, why is this damn shirt on the floor? Like, uh, like wait a minute. When, when you're not even here, I, that shirt was right there. I, I get it when I get it. Now, now you're bickering and arguing about little bitty things. And so mm -hmm. and you, you realize, even as a, it's for some people who are intro, introverts yeah. or extroverts, the introverts who don't like being around people during this time, they at least love the idea of being around a small circle of people and they weren't able to yeah. do it. So that messed with your with your, your mental and your emotional mm -hmm. health when it came to that. And so I can only imagine how much more that it, it's, been help, it's been hurting a lot of people throughout this time where mm -hmm. some of those things haven't even been revealed what they're actually going through. Because so many people... Been trying to like just hide and sneak these things under the rug and say, okay, I'm all right. But to your point that you made initially, it's okay to not be okay because right. we're not perfect. We're not perfect human beings. We are imperfect beings, imperfect beings who are going through things and going through life, trying to figure out things in life that's going to help benefit us and our own as well, and trying to be of service to each other, at least being monolithic in that way. And in the Black community, it's unfortunate that. We're, we're not, in, we don't always operate in unison mm -hmm. when it comes to the right things, right? We, we don't have to right. on social media when it comes to, you know, trivial things as it pertains mm -hmm. to like celebrity lives and crap like that. But at the same token, when it's something that's, that's very important we need have, we, that we have to discuss and bring awareness to, now everybody's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. In order to really fully digest what, what, what this is, we got to bring awareness to it. We got to bring this out in the open. Mm -hmm. We got to talk about this and discuss what are the executable, uh, uh, actionable items that we can actually do to get out of these situations that we're that we some sometimes put ourselves in. Because some of these things are yeah. so and we don't want to admit that. And and one thing I've learned in life, and I'm still learning, is that that mirror shows you two things. It shows now. you who you are and who you will ultimately become. And exactly. a lot of times we don't want to face that reality. Which, which of course, it basically tells us that we don't want to hold ourselves accountable, but we're willing mm -hmm. to hold everybody else accountable for things that we're not holding ourselves accountable for. And so- I completely agree. I completely agree. And, and well, actually this is exclusive news, okay. <laughs> but the end of this, uh, by the end of this year, I am working on a book that's called Releasing the Guilt. And it's, uh, it's releasing the guilt because in a Black community, and we've all been brought up like this, we stick with family, which is good. But what happens when that family is toxic? What oh. happens when that family member, well, you know, you can't release peace. You know, it's always something. You always find yourself in a hole. You're always giving. And it's like you have given, I have given everything, and now I have nothing. Right. So you have to retune as a black community is that, listen, I love you, but I don't have to associate myself because you're disturbing my peace. You are disturbing me mentally. And so releasing the guilt of when I release you, that I'm OK, because that was best for me. We forget mostly in the black community to take care of yourself, that you are important. Your feelings are important. You may not agree with how I feel, but that's how I feel. And you yep. can't change that. Yep. That's how I feel. 
Yep. Right. But we have always pushed family when I was growing up. I don't care. That's always going to be your cousin. That ain't going to never change. You know, I'm always going to be. You will be. But when you become toxic and you causing me to drain, I have to revamp myself for my better good, for the family that I am uh, raising. Because, look, mom and dad are going to always be mom and dad. But as a uh, as a human being, your full responsibility is to make sure that people, the family that you created, yep. is good. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I can't do nothing about uh, how I was raised because it's, it is a trickle down generation. You know, I find myself saying some of the same things my mama say, you know, but then I have to catch myself and I'll be like, oh, God, no, nah, I won't do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. things are applicable to today's time that our parents did back in their time. Those right. things either get you canceled, fired, or arrested. <laughs> and, yeah. and in today's society, I mean, because everything, everyone is so sensitive about some type of plight to a certain degree in today's time, mm -hmm. where the, the the rules and the values, well, the values themselves not necessarily have changed, but right. the way you basically incorporate those values have changed. The way you mm -hmm. basically instill those values in your kids in your household has changed because there's been a lot of laws and a lot of you know, rules and regulations has been put in place to say, okay, you can you can do this, but you can't do this to that extent. Right. It's like mm -hmm. I remember a time where where if you got in trouble in school, my mother would be, you know, you couldn't tell my mother not to hit me because right, like, what you telling me not to hit him, I'm about to hit him even more. Now. Knock him out. You gonna tell me what to do with my own damn child? No, you're not. So, but versus now, it's like we have to redirect that frustration with our kids, even if they make mistakes and doing things yeah. that they're not supposed to be doing. Now we have to go a different route, not necessarily babyfy them, but, but at least yeah. be able to have much more of a conversation with them than our parents even had. Because I'm not sitting up here deeming our parents as bad parents, but oh, not no. everything, they did was, everything they, they, they did was for that time. And some of those time. things did work, but let's be real. Some of those things did not work and shouldn't have been done in the first place. But that's another story for another day because I, yeah. I, have, I have truly challenged my listeners to do one thing uh, for, for themselves, when, when it comes to your emotional and, and, and mental health, yeah. it's time to have those uncomfortable conversations with those loved mm -hmm. ones that have hurt you in some type of way that you're still harping on. You want to be able yep. to release this negative energy by having a mm -hmm. conversation with, even if you forgive them and they're, and they're like, well, I asked for forgiveness. Okay, but you oh, forgave okay. them anyway. And, and yep. you had to forgive yourself for holding on to this. And so these unpleasant conversations, I'm sure that you've heard a lot of them, even in, in your experience as a life coach, mm -hmm. are very essential to our inner peace, our tranquility, our yep. mental health, at least the state of that. We have to be able to have these unpleasant conversations to, to resolve a lot of these generational curses and issues that we dealt with so many years. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? And it's not to blame anyone, point fingers or anything, but it's to it's the mere fact of bringing to the forefront, okay, this is what you did that hurt me. And yeah. I, I need to know why did you do that? And, mm -hmm. and it's okay if you don't fully give me the answer to that. At least I know, at least you know I asked you that question. Right. And something else happens that, that transpired from this point on, at least we're having this conversation now so that if one of us depart from this world, we're not sitting with regret wondering why we didn't have that conversation. And so, yep. so many of us are, are are just basically sweeping things under the rug and saying, mm -hmm. okay, well, I, I'm all right now. Well, you know, deep down, you're not. And we have to right. have conversations. 
And that's why I have a problem. I, I don't have a problem with cutting people off, but I got a problem with cutting people off without getting to the core of what's going on. Because when you just cut people off, sometimes the other person on the side don't even know they offended you. They don't even know that there's an issue. And to prevent this from happening again, that's where you set those boundaries. You know, prevent from it happening again. I got to say, sis, don't do that no more. That I, I felt you triggered something that I'm used to, you know. And, and I always tell my when people respond to you a certain way, it has nothing to do with you personally. You just have triggered something that they're used to. And they said, no, it's time for me to defend myself because I was hurt then. Right. I, that hurt me then. So now I'm going to react to you. But if you argue with somebody who never got into it with somebody and never had an altercation, they're probably going to say, what's wrong? What did I do? You know, they're concerned because that's what they're used to. So we have to really be woman enough, uh, human enough uh, to say that was a problem for me. And it's okay if they don't accept it or acknowledge it, but you identify that that's a problem for you. Absolutely. And, and, mm -hmm. You know what? I will say this too, to, to end it off on this. We recently saw something that happened in celebrity yep. life. It came to that that type of situation escalated further mm -hmm. than where it needed to go based on a joke. Right. It was a bad joke. Mm -hmm. At the same token, the fact that this man felt the need to have to, to defend yep. his wife in a situation mm -hmm. like that when it, it wasn't necessarily even deemed for him to even defend her in that way. Right. He overreacted in, in, to a situation mm -hmm. that really was even beyond that situation. It was just yeah. a tipping point. It was just that last straw that broke the camel's back for him. Yeah. And, and it cost him, obviously, a 10-year suspension. But needless to say, one of my next episodes I'll be doing will be in regards to conflict resolution. The whole idea okay. of being able to talk things out as adult men and women, or even children for mm -hmm. that matter, without it resulting to physical confrontation. Every single mm -hmm. thing does not have to result in violence. I remember no. seeing uh, a few weeks ago, there was a young lady here in Atlanta that was at a bowling alley with, uh, with her family, got into it with another young lady over a bowling ball, and the other oh, young yeah. lady's boyfriend went to his car to get his gun and shot and killed this boy. Oh, wow. Over a bowling ball. Mm -hmm. Don't sit here and tell me this is not problematic in the black community. We could, yeah. you can't tell me, you can't tell me for, for the life of me that there was not something much more simpler that it could have been done mm -hmm. to resolve that kind of issue. This is a bowling alley. The whole damn place is filled with bowling. You got plenty of balls. This <laughs> one ball was going to be the matter of life and death for someone. Really? Exactly. That makes it exactly. sense to me. And so we get so angry that mm -hmm. other things that have bothered us that got us to this point, we overreact. It's from zero to 100. It's never 10. It's never 20. We're going right to 100. And yeah. then we can't deal when we black out and then the situation escalates. Once everything dies down and smoke clears, now we can't even re remember exactly what triggered us off in the first place. Mm -hmm. Now you sit in the courtroom having to basically explain to the judge why you went off on deep end and killed this person. How are you able right. to explain that? They, these are psychological and emotional issues mm -hmm. that we have to deal with. And so, exactly. and, I, and, I know, and I know for you that you, you've come across many clients, they're not necessarily in this way of, of escalation, but having these anger issues where it's just like, oh, I just want to just flip some over, hit somebody with something. Uh -huh. like, channel that anger and figure out, okay, what's the core of that? Because everything has a right. root. And, and what ways do you need to go 
to not let it escalate to a point where you're 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 overreacting to that degree. It, mm-hmm. it should never be like that. Nothing is ever worth that. And then seeing another person who ended up killing his own brother, mm-hmm. it, it was actually a, a, an a ATL rapper who sang the song "Re Ready," and that song mm-hmm. is played in every sports arena. Song. And this guy, his brother, killed him at a gas station. I don't wow. care what the situation was. I don't care how much money he owes you, whatever. There is nothing, and absolutely not me, absolutely nothing, that couldn't have been demanded for you to have, have gone to that result to killing your mm-hmm. own flesh and blood. Right. You, you, again, we have so many psychological issues. We mm-hmm. are walking PTSD, and we have to get to a better place where we're actually unpacking these issues and, and doing something about it in a more positive light. I do love exactly. the fact that we're more advocates we're, we're, we're huge advocates now of today's time of mental health and, and prioritizing mm-hmm. mental health as, as a priority, just like our physical health. But it, 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 it can't just stop there. We had, to, we had to start practicing these things on an everyday basis, even outside of talking to our life coach or talking to our counselor, mm-hmm. our therapist. We have to be able to hold ourselves accountable even in our own homes and our own mental spaces too and saying, well, you know what, that's not worth it. I'm not going to let, let, even if talking to yourself is, is what you got to do, yeah. it, do that. As long as it don't escalate to something that you can't even explain to yourself, how did it get to this? How you did it. And I, I completely agree. People didn't like my, uh, <laughs> I guess my thoughts on the Will and Chris thing, but All one right, thing I put on there. like mine either. But one of the things I had put, hashtag, my love protects my husband and his love protects me. But what our love should show and resemble our family. And I said that because we're not going to always have it together. But if we are helping each other, my love for him should be able to stop him from doing something that's going to mess up. You get what I'm saying? The whole entire family and vice versa, right? I could not see myself just sitting there and watching my husband going, I probably would have grabbed his shirt. What are you doing? Grab your whoever sit down, baby. Sit down. Sit down. No, no, it's not that. We'll address that later. We we will see him later. Because that's all it took. Right. So that was my point. And that even, uh, I can take that further than husband and wife, but friends, mother or anything, my love should be able to protect you. So when I see you hurting, I see you going crazy. I should be able to say, wait, sis, wait, brother, something is wrong. Come talk to me. Let me, you know, hold me. It's not that serious. Let me stop it because I care for you enough that I don't want you to jeopardize your future earnings, your future things for your children, none of that. So if we love people, we should have a much enough love to protect them when we see them following. Yeah, protecting them from themselves ultimately. Right. Don't and, and people can sit up and tell me all they want that Jada should shouldn't she shouldn't have to control right. the man. That's she's his spouse, right? If yep. he ain't gonna listen to his damn spouse, who the hell he gonna listen to? <laughs> listen to, right? <laughs> yeah, because listen, I, I can I can tell you first and foremost, I, I've been a loose cannon. I've been a hot, right. but I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you, there's been times where my wife would be like, okay, listen, no, no, we're not doing that. Calm down, look mm-hmm. at me. All right, channel yep. all that. It's okay. We're gonna leave out of this. And when we've had this conversation about. Okay, if this this is a comedian making a damn joke. It wasn't yeah. a funny joke, but it was a joke. Right. There was no malice behind it. There was mm-hmm. there was no no physical harm or threatening happening whatsoever. You could at least at the very minimum, if you didn't like the joke, behind closed doors, behind away from cameras, but away from the paparazzi. Hey Amen. 
My wife didn't like that joke you made. And she's doing Z. Man, you know what? I apologize, man. I didn't know. I, I, I don't follow you guys like that. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But y'all know me well to know. I'm always picking people in the crowd. Right. I, 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 that's what comedians do, typically enough. Yeah. You're looking in the crowd to see who's out there to, to make, make some type of parody about them. And it's not out of malicious intent. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you got to be able to control yourself as well as your spice, your spouse being able to control control herself too. Because you were just yeah. laughing. You were just laughing right. at the damn joke. So now <laughs> you see her face. Now, so now, now you're protecting black women now. We're not going to yeah. see you equate every single instance to not protecting black women. We're not doing that. And I'm not, I'm not going to allow that because I, I'm uh -huh. not here telling you that it's very essential that we do protect black women. Absolutely. But the two right. things can be true at the same time. That situation, that's an isolated incident. It's not the same mm -hmm. as every other situation where a woman is being groped or being grabbed or being. Yeah being physically harmed or her personal space is being impeded on. Those are different stories. Mm -hmm. This man was nowhere near her. He was just picking people out of the crowd. She oh, she could have been anybody sitting in that seat. <laughs> but he was here to tell me that that, that that deemed him to go up there and slap that man. Trust and believe had it been Miss Black Man. Now I'm all about conflict resolution. But at that point in time, I'm putting it through right. a damn table. We for have right. a in this damn place. I'm not, exactly. We're not doing that. And anymore. listen, this putting your hands on me you can right. like what i said i apologize brother I, you know what yep. i didn't mean anything by that i was just joking i apologize to you and to your wife y'all know i don't uh -huh. mean nothing about it i was just playing simple right. as that then that's the end of that you you forgive me we move on that's it that's mm -hmm. how simple that is two plus two is exactly. four to it ain't gonna never be five right. last time never be five <laughs> This is a new math. But this is what's crazy. I, I, I'm, I'm excited then because I'll use this incident to have that conversation with my hood. Because I wanted to know what did he think I would want him to do, yep. right? And so we had that conversation and I told him, I don't ever want you to think that you got to prove your manhood to me. I know who you are. I know you don't play by me, right? I know you'll put a hole in somebody if it comes to that with me. So you don't have to prove that. But what I want you to know, I want you to come home to me every night. I want you to be able to raise your children and, and, and I don't want you to, um, to kind of mess up something that we got future things to do. Because a queen, and I like it, I can't even remember the guy who said that. He said a queen would never want her king to jeopardize the kingdom. Absolutely not. So I, I, I just wanted to make sure that I had that conversation with him and say, I know who you are. You ain't got to prove you've been with me my whole life. You ain't got to prove me what type of man you are. I know that, right? So I think, too, it's a responsibility of, of, of the wife or the male to let that husband know that we know who we are, who you are. We appreciate you. And honey, you might have to, because here's the thing, and look, Molly, you can attest to this. Even when we were in college and they were after the wife, Honey, I was coming on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, listen, listen, I, if, if I don't know nothing else about you and Watts, I know you don't play about him and D Watts don't play about you, man. That, that, no. and listen, that's, that's my boy too, man. I, much, much love to my boy D Watts for that. 
I appreciate him for that, man. We we black men, we 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 stick up for our women, man. We we do yeah. protect. It, it, it is a lot of us that's out here who are advocating for protecting our black women. I'm not gonna sit up here right. and say that every last black person is doing that, but at the same time, right. I'm here to give credit to those who are doing that because we essentially mm -hmm. have to protect our queens and protect our castle as well because our kids exactly. are seeing this. Our kids will right. see how their mother and father are interacting with each other and how they will interact mm -hmm. with them too. And so those type of relationships are very much so important and, and, and very essential when it comes to raising a healthy family structure yeah. in the black community, which is something that has yeah. not been consistent in our lifetime. And so mm -hmm. the one thing I love about my generation specifically, the millennials, we're changing mm -hmm. the narrative by doing those very things. We're exactly. doing the very things that we knew that our parents either couldn't do at all or, mm -hmm. or was doing, but couldn't do it. We, we took what they were doing and, and, and basically took it and, and, and ran with it and even added mm -hmm. to that value or they weren't even in positions of purview to do those things. And so yeah. for me, I appreciate every last one of my millennials who are making it happen mm -hmm. in real time and, and, and making sure that we're obviously changing the narrative about our community when it comes to healthy lifestyles and healthy relationships in our family. So again, yeah. you know, I can go on for days, talk to you about this situation. I mean, this has just really brought even more brightness to my eyes talking to you about this uh -huh. because I, I listen, I definitely need to have you on the show again and talk more about other things yeah. in a life coach and what other advice to give people so that we're able to disperse this information out there so people can apply it to their everyday lives and be able yeah. to live much more promising and positive life. So again, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to speak with me about this. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure y'all like, share, subscribe, check out this episode. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss any of this information that's being given by this Black queen here, who is a life coach, who is talking to the very essence of the things that we need to be doing in the Black community to help us move in a more positive and prosperous life, because we, we know we have it in us to do those very things. We just need all the right people and the right tools around us to be able to bring that out of us, because we have it in us to do it. Again, Nikisha, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank I definitely you. look forward to having you again on the show. Uh, we'll love to. to check this out. Yeah, I'll let you know what the other topics will be because, like I said, conflict resolution will definitely be something I would love to have your, your insight on as it pertains to that, and uh, as well as a few others that I will be reaching out to in regards to that episode. So, again, thank you so much for taking the time out. I definitely look forward to talking to you again soon. Be well. Tell my boy D Watts what's up. And uh, he'll want to see you at the gym. I, I, I've been working out. So, I, listen, I got back in the gym and I'm, I'm gaining my strength back, Watts. So, I'm coming for you, man. Listen, all, all the Greeks know, and especially all my Greeks, uh, shout out to my Greeks in Russ College, man. Listen, Delta's Q's, Noobs, we all love each other. We all get along. But me and yes, us, us the Q's, we always go, we always go at it, man. We always compete, but it's always healthy competition, man. Because in the end, it's all brotherly love at the end of the day. Man. Yeah. Black, black men who are doing great things, and I appreciate all the black women who are doing great things, too. So thank you so much again for being on You're so time. welcome. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. If you like what you've heard from this week's episode and would like to hear more from previous episodes, be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe to my YouTube channel below. You can also find me on social media platforms at speak to the mic underscore podcast show on Instagram and speak to the mic podcast show on Facebook. Be sure to also like, share, subscribe to my Spotify page at speak to the mic podcast show. As I put out more thought provoking content, your opinion and thoughts 
are needed and appreciated. I thank you all in advance for your support and look forward to hearing from you soon.